1: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short yeah. routes. The boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception, perception, the show.
0: I want to talk about reception. Okay, because reception, perception, the dot com, the website. It, for the very first time, you're doing your in-season track. And Rashad Bateman was one of the guys that you've been tracking this season. What you have found is that he's playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Help me and help the listeners kind of like jive that with, well, dude, he's not doing anything on the field. Right. So like the product, the on-field production and the reception perception numbers Don't quite match up. What is not connecting?
1: Well, first of all, I would say, you know, obviously in the first two weeks, he puts it in the box score, right? Two catches, 59 yards and a touchdown the first week. Four catches, 108 yards and a touchdown in week two. The last two weeks, though, yeah. Two catches, 59 yards against the Bills. Three catches, 17 yards and a loss. Uh, Excuse me. uh, Two catches, 59 yards against Patriots. Three yep. catches, 17 yards and a loss against the Bills. Um, the biggest problem for Rashad Bateman, and um, you know, the moment you you noticed this was happening, you had to know like, okay, until this changes, he's going to be a volatile producer, which is what I think he has been so far. So far, like in a routes per dropback standpoint, in Week One, 73.5 percent of the routes. Uh, week Two, 70.9 percent of the routes. Week Three, 79.4 percent. Week Four, it drops down to 52.6 percent, but coach John Harbaugh said this morning, uh, we're recording this on Monday. Like you said, right. He, he got a, he's got like a foot injury, I think, or something like that. I, I can't, he's got it. He did get banged up um, in that yeah, game. That's why he left didn't play momentarily. Much in the and then yeah. yeah, second half was no, nowhere to be found. I know, which is a bummer because the play he got hurt on was so unnecessary. Like it was one where he had just was right, right at the line of scrimmage and Lamar threw it all the way from the right side, all the way to the left side. And Bateman just got clobbered like on a, Real, like, kind of nonsense play. Like, you don't even really want to be throwing that ball at that point. Although, I guess it gets you one PPR point in fantasy. Um, so, <laughs> there you go. Bat- Bateman's just not – he hasn't been playing enough. I mean, we wanted to see – like, that's 79.4% routes per dropback rate in week three. It's like, okay, that's encouraging because it's the highest of the season. Like, in a game, you know, going forward, can he get up to, like, 85 90%? Because he is so far and away the best receiver on this team but they had been rotating through the first few weeks and then he suffers this injury in week 4 really mm-hmm. problematic um i mean he is a guy right now health aside put that put that aside for a second he's a guy that it, it, you know he can give you like a like a four catch 108 yards and a touchdown week like he did in week 2 or he can give you that two catches for 59 yards that he had against the patriots like th- just that road was going to be rocky until we saw the playing time level out um so you know, in a game against the Bills secondary, that obviously they're not going to give you anything deep, right? That we've seen right. that throughout the course <clears throat> of the the football season so far, that they're going to really limit those big plays. They're going to they even with guys banged up in the secondary. You know, they don't have their top cornerback, Tre'Davious White. They've been playing a bunch of rookies at corner. They're like veteran star safeties are are hurt for for the time being, and and mm-hmm. one I think is out for the entire season. So even despite that. One thing Sean McDermott's secondaries have always done is they communicate really well in zone coverage. I mean, I remember when he was defensive coordinator of the Panthers, they would cycle in like dusty veteran after dusty veteran <laughs> at, at like one starting <laughs> cornerback spot and a total unknown young guy at the other. And they'd always have really good pass defenses because Sean McDermott gets those guys to communicate in zone coverage really well. So against a secondary like that, yeah, a big play guy like Bateman, it's, it's really hard to trust. So that's the problem that and, – and now he's got this injury – and he's kind of dealt with injuries a little bit throughout his entire NFL career like there's always kind right. of something popping up which is unfortunate i just he's not a guy that you can trust to give you steady production which is unfortunate cuz i do think his his play is there um just yeah i don't i don't really know what to say like why they weren't playing him a ton it's very weird you know, his uh, snap percentage right now
0: um, on the offensive side of the football is the same as Devin Duvernay, right? So they've And they've both only played about 57% of the snaps total. Um, you know, Mark Andrews, in comparison, has played 88% of the snaps. And so, obviously, Mark Andrews and Lamar, they've got that mind meld going, and, you know, he's their safety blanket and, and all of those things. But, you know, from a production standpoint, I, I think you can explain it with, okay, he's it, just not on the field enough. Uh, not running enough routes, and and the way they treat their passing attack after Mark Andrews, it's kind of sort of a grab bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we saw Devin Duvernay catch a couple touchdowns there in Week One, um, a long you know um, splash play from Rashad Bateman there in Week Number Two. So yeah, it's it's very it's hard to kind of figure. Uh, and and then I will also say this: coming into Week Four, this was not a high volume passing attack, anyways. Right. So they were bottom 10 uh, in the NFL in total pass attempts. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's just the, the hard. funny thing,
1: James, the funny thing, James, like about coming into this week, because, again, I want to just make that clear about like he did suffer this injury in week four. and Now we don't really know what the future holds. But in weeks one through three, the routes run Mark Andrews, 89 Rashad Bateman, 74. So there's even a pretty big little bit of a drop off there from one to two. But yep. then to three, it goes all the way. Devin Duvernay at 57, Demarcus Robinson <laughs> at 44, you know, Isaiah Likely, 42, uh, Patrick Ricard, the fullback at 31. So it's like really the only two guys actually running routes on a routine basis. It's Bateman and it's Andrews until this past week with the injury. So, right. um, and, and yeah, I mean, other than like the route participation data for Bateman, everything, you know, everything else is. Is kind of sort of there. I mean, the target share, you'd like it to be higher, but the air yards, 30, point or 30.1%. Um, you know, he's averaging just a, you know, 14.4 air yards per target, uh, 10 yards after the catch per reception. So um, he's, uh, he's just playing well. He just wasn't getting enough opportunities. And now we have this injury question, which is pretty, uh, pretty unfortunate for Bateman.
0: All right, let's flip to the other side of that same game. Okay, so the Ravens take on the Bills. Um, and for the Bills, I mean, I know that they go out there and they win this game, uh, but it was not the high-flying, high-scoring affair that Vegas and the fans were really expecting uh, because the Ravens' pass secondary has been absolutely torched by <laughs> right. everyone. Yeah. And the Bills come in and you're thinking, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, these boys are going to cook. But they don't. Um they had to win kind of a low scoring gritty affair. What is going
1: on with this Bills passing attack, man? Couple of things here. I mean, for this game in particular, like I just I'm not I'm not super worried about it, right? It was a, it was just a different way to win, right? You know, I think mm-hmm. that from a Bills standpoint, y- you actually kind of like to see that. It was interesting that, you know, Buffalo wasn't able to get over on this Baltimore pass defense that had been so so exploitable. I mean, what we saw Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle do to those guys, you know, uh, even Devontae Parker like <laughs> goes up what, and down exactly ne- with without ever getting open. But uh, you know, Mac Jones just <laughs> just throwing the ball up in tight coverage along the sideline, Devontae Parker making big plays. So that was certainly surprising. Um, you know, I, I again, I think that with a lot of these teams, even even Josh Allen is, you know, have kind of fallen victim to this almost everybody's like completions of 20 plus yards or their average depth of throw is down um, this year. Like passing in general is kind of down this year. So I do think when teams want to, they can sell out to stop like deep passes. And that does make sense with what has happened with the bills so far in, in certain matchups. Right. I think this, that's a lot of what I saw at least from this Ravens defense this past week was that they were gonna they were not gonna give it up to Josh Allen deep, right? Um, you know, that's why you saw some of the the splits that they did. I think right now, what's really kind of problematic for Buffalo, and this is weird to say because everybody was so um, you know, excited about this receiver group coming in, I, I think they're struggling a little bit to to get something going beyond Stefan Diggs. I mean, Devin Singletary has had a ton of production as a receiver the last two yeah. weeks. Which we know we know that the Bills wanted to get somebody else involved. Like they wanted or they wanted somebody to be a check down guy in that backfield, right? Because they tried to sign JD McKissick. They got super pissed when Washington brought him back. They drafted James Cook, but <laughs> lo <laughs> and behold, James over the last two weeks, sixteen targets, thirteen catches, one hundred twenty-five yards for Devin Singletary. From a yardage standpoint, he's their second leading receiver the last two weeks. So, oh boy, th- that's they have struggled a little bit. And I think the biggest problem is whether it's injury or whatever. I mean, Gabe Davis has been dealing with an ankle injury. We know he missed Week Two. He's only been targeted on 95 percent of his routes run he's, he's not earning targets or not getting involved, whether that's because, you know, I, in my opinion, coming into this year, he was only a deep game specialist. Like mm-hmm. he certainly makes plays down the field, but he's not ready to be a consistent wide receiver Too that, you know, wins in the short to intermediate areas, intermediate areas. Like we talked about earlier. And I think that's been a huge problem. 41 targets for Stefan Diggs, 14 on the year with one game missed, of course, for Gabe Davis, like, that they haven't gotten enough out of that spot and now they're they've got injuries mounting you know Jameson Crow, Jamison Crowder gets hurt he's going to be out indefinitely right. Isaiah McKenzie on the other hand has earned a target on 20.6% of his routes run so far so but he's got a concussion he's probably out for next week you you'd think maybe um, I don't know. So that, that, that's that been the biggest problem for Buffalo is that they haven't really had another guy step up consistently in their wide receiver room. It's so interesting because Buffalo and back-to-back
0: weeks had such juicy matchups on paper um, and it just has not really translated. Um, I think what a lot of what Baltimore did Um, And what Miami did. And really, this is a league wide trend, right? They're going to high safety. They're going Mm -hmm. cover two, and they're saying, "Okay, beat us underneath. And if you can matriculate all the way down the field, 13 play drive. Good for you. Right. Um, But and, and they're hoping that Josh Allen gets impatient, which has fed into Devin Singletary getting all of these check downs, which, by the way, that's an encouraging sign from a quarterbacking perspective for Josh yes, Allen, it is. yeah. Because uh, a mobile quarterback, as we know, they don't—they tend not to check down, right? Like they are more than happy to just scramble out of the pocket and run. Um, but the checkdowns for Devin Singletary, I think, show a maturation and growth uh, from a quarterbacking position for Josh Allen. But again, I go back, I look at what Baltimore does, and either they're going—they're—they're they're going too high a lot and they're either going to go press or they're going to go bracket coverage on Stefan Diggs and they're they're daring somebody else in a buffalo uniform make a play make a damn play um, and i'm not sure that these guys are necessarily doing it gabe davis as you mentioned still battling that ankle injury when i look at these when i look at these practice videos of gabe davis he doesn't look right like he's out there yeah. fighting you know, but when you're out there fighting, good for you. I'm glad you're on the field and you're, you're, you are you know, you're trying to be a good teammate. Cool. <laughs> but that being said, he's, he's very limited right now, you know? So I don't know, man. Um, somebody's got to step up and I'm surprised it's not Isaiah McKenzie, to be honest with you.
1: Well, McKenzie had a pretty good game against Miami. Um, you know, he had six targets in this game against Baltimore, uh, but of course, he's only getting like four point. He's another. He's kind of a checkdown guy too, right? Four point uh, seven air yards per target against Baltimore. Right, that's sort of the guy that he is right now. Um, and again, yeah, you know, obviously we know he's he's injured. He's got a concussion. He might not. Yep. He might not play. Um, I do think McKenzie can step up a little bit when he's healthy. Um, but I'd also like – and one other point, too, about the, the Singletary thing. The way I heard it all offseason, like consuming some Bills beat writers and stuff like that, is that this team, by drafting James Cook, um, wanted to and, – and playing Isaiah McKenzie more as that pop-gun slot receiver. They wanted to incentivize Josh Allen, like take the check down because these guys can do stuff with it after the catch. And despite the fact that like James Cook is not really playing and it is still Devin Singletary. I agree yeah. with your point that it it's a huge feather in Josh Allen's cap that he's still doing it, even though it's still the same old guy, like the same old guy that's been there before catching passes. The fact that he's taking those checkdowns is a good thing. So I just wanted to, just to say that I would just say that we do need to keep an eye on, on Khalil Shakir, a guy yep. who um, was a day three rookie. I was a pretty big fan of uh, his, just like I said with Calvin Austin earlier, his, Reception perception mini sample is up in the the rookie roundup. I believe that was from like April. I wrote that article on the website, mm-hmm. but people can, if you just search Khalil Shakir on the website, it'll pop up. Um, trust me. Uh, the Khalil Shakir, good player in college, could run pretty solid routes. Um, but the thing that was really interesting about him is he was really good in the open field. I mean, had awesome contact balance, awesome ability to stay upright when running after the catch. So they haven't necessarily trusted him a ton, with a lot of work, but he was active last week, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens got a few snaps on offense. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he went out there and was like, Oh yeah, let me definitely command this guy's commanding more work, but he run 10 routes, ran 10 routes against the Ravens. And he's a guy I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, when I take a look at the, uh, the mini sample that you had written about
0: him, you charted that he had lined up about 52%, uh, as in slot or backfield player. Um, and there seems to be a lot of green in terms of that short intermediate area, you know, like, um, on the curl and the comeback and the slant route. So, um, that's gotta be encouraging. No. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. I think he, um, he's very, very different from Gabe Davis, but, um, you know, that's the thing we also have to remember about Gabe Davis, I think because he was such a guy that was talked about so much in the fantasy space it's like yeah the, oh this guy could you know really take the leap whatever and I mean obviously it hasn't happened so far it could still happen towards back half of the season but Gabe Davis was just like a fourth round pick you know Khalil Shakir fifth round pick Isaiah McKenzie kind of a journeyman guy Jameson Crowder yeah. veteran guy like they don't necessarily have you know even Dawson Knox is a third round tight end and you know Dawson Knox season's been a little up and down it's not like they've had they're really their 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 pass catch that they've invested in the most outside of uh Steph Diggs is uh is James Cook. You know, and he's a running back and he hasn't really been, <laughs> really been playing. It was kind of a strange pick. But so yeah, like these guys are all lower pedigree guys. So I feel like if somebody like Shakir comes out there and does show that he can win on those short routes, can win on those intermediate routes, you know, he might have staying power in this receiver core just because nobody here and they did sign Isaiah McKenzie to a pretty decent contract to come back, but still a lot of room for um, growth and change in this Buffalo receiver core. If Shakir can get on the field and show that he can win on those routes, they need somebody that they need somebody to do that. They need somebody to win on those patterns because defenses are just not going to give them the deep ball. And really that is, that's the Gabe Davis play. Like they need him to remain the team's deep threat but they need yeah. somebody else to step up in those short to intermediate areas.
0: It, it's a little bit when I see uh, Stefan Diggs, it's a little bit like Joe Burrow and Jamar chase where um, they see cover two all day long. And they finally, finally, finally see man up cover one. Right. And it's like press on the line. That yeah. ball's going to digs. It doesn't, it doesn't fricking matter. You know? Like so that's true. what's so they just force beat it. Um, and it's like Burrow with Chase. And it works. You know, it's like and it works.